perhaps you noticed that it's a very beautiful morning. Clear sky, very blue. There's a beautiful crescent moon still visible in the, in the blue sky. It's not too hot, at least not yet. <laughs> it's really a pleasant, pleasant morning. And it's the kind of morning that if you notice it, you say, well, every morning should be like this. Clear sky, nice temperature, not too noisy, not too hot, not too humid. It's not always like this, but that's what we think it should be. Then we read this gospel, and it's very beautiful gospel. Jesus shows up. People recognize him. They know he's a healer. They bring the sick. Everywhere he goes, people are being cured. Everybody who touches the tassel on his cloak gets cured. And we say, well, that's how it should be. Everybody should be cured. Everyone should be healed. Everyone should encounter the Lord and discover that he really is a healer. He really is the contact point with divine healing power. But not every morning is beautiful and bright and sunny and cool. And not everyone experiences instant healing when they approach Jesus. And I'm not violating the faith or violating the scriptures. That's human experience. Uh, we're honoring a martyr today, St. Agatha. She was not saved from martyrdom, and she was not saved from brutal torture. Even though she was a good, faithful, holy young woman, God didn't protect her from brutal persecution and martyrdom. Well, today's the ninth day of our brother Oji, and the families here recognize Oji suffered a lot in the end of his illness, and had amputations and suffering. It was hospitalization. We say, well, what happened? He was anointed. He received the sacraments. He, in, in, in that sense, he sacramentally touched the tassel of Jesus' cloak, but he didn't get healed. And we know uh, this, is, this is part of the journey of faith. There are bright, sunny days, and there are dark, cloudy days, stormy days. There are days when we experience miraculous healing, vision, sight, clarity, knowledge. And there are days when we just can't understand what's going on and what God is doing and why. The other day, was that Friday? We celebrated the presentation. Remember, the Holy Family went to the temple. Jesus is 40 days old. Oh yes, we celebrated it with the candles. Uh, you probably remember the candlelight procession. And uh, when they brought the child Jesus into the temple, Simeon has this, this insight is given, given by the Holy Spirit that this is the anointed one. This is the Messiah. So Simeon says, thank you, Lord. My eyes have seen your saving deed. My eyes have seen what you promised would come into the world. So Simeon had a, you could say, a beautiful morning. He had a, a morning of vision. But that's not what everyone had that morning. And in fact, Simeon himself said that Mary would be pierced with a sword. So at the very time when he's rejoicing that God has, is faithful to his promises, he also acknowledges a sword. He acknowledges that this Jesus 
will be the cause of the downfall and the rise of many. Not only the rise, but also the downfall. So we have this, this uh, mixture, and I think this is captured symbolically in today's first reading. We read about the, the arrival of the Ark of the Covenant in the holy temple built by Solomon. Now we skipped over a bunch of stuff in the scriptures because if you know the account about the building of the temple, there are a lot of details about how exactly the dimensions and exactly the materials and exactly the clothing that the priest should wear and the, and the, uh, but the certain rituals that should be followed and on and on and on in the scriptures. There are lots of, of uh, direction about how to do this right. But we get to the point where the temple has been built properly. The one who was supposed to build the temple, Solomon, is firmly seated on the throne. He's a wise king. He's doing the, the will of God. And the ark, finally, the, this representation of the presence of God, this, this box that contains the two tablets of the commandments, is finally brought in and put in its proper place. And everything is in its proper place now. The king is in his place, the Lord's in his place, the temple has been built, there's peace, uh, there's wisdom, everything's fine now, right? <laughs> that's, that's the way it's supposed to sound, and it is. Yeah, they, they, they sacrifice sheep and oxen and they rejoice and everything is in place. Now we can live happily ever after. But there's a line at the very end of this reading which I think is striking. When the priests left the holy place, or the priests are the ones who carried the ark, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord so that the priests could no longer minister because of the cloud, since the Lord's glory had filled the temple of the Lord. And then Solomon said, the Lord intends to dwell in the dark cloud. Well, what about the temple? What about the glory of the temple? What about everything being in its place? It's still true. <laughs> they, they still did exactly what God wanted. And, and he wanted a temple to be built in his honor, and he wanted the ark to be placed in, its, in the holy of holies. But then along comes this dark cloud, and it makes it impossible for anybody to do anything or even see. The priests have to back out and say, well, okay, the Lord's in charge here. We can't do anything. We can't even see. What this reminds us of, this presence of the dark cloud, reminds us that we don't know everything about what God is doing or what he wants us to do. We, we don't understand his ways. We think he should always give us bright, cool, sunny mornings and that he should heal everybody as soon as we ask for a healing. That's what we think. But he doesn't work like that. We think that when we get the Ark of the Covenant, everything should work out for us. It doesn't work out like that. In other words, God cannot be contained. It, it, it looks, when you look at the Ark, you say, oh, here's, here's a box full of God. Here's where God is, and here's where we can call on him. Just carry this box around, and you'll have the presence of God and the power of God working on your on your side. And in a sense, it's true because God promised to be present with his people. But God cannot be boxed in. He's a dark cloud, or he dwells in a dark cloud. He, 
He is beyond our understanding. And part of the journey of faith is to accept that that's good too. To accept our limitation, not God's limitation. We're the ones who are in a box. <laughs> a box of our limited uh, perception, understanding, even our limited faith. But what faith makes possible is, to, is that we can say, even though this is a dark cloud and I can't see what God is up to, I can still know he's good. I can still know he's on my side. That's what faith reveals to us. And that's very important because our experience sometimes doesn't tell us that. If it's a beautiful day and we're feeling fine, we say, oh, God is good. But when it's not a beautiful day and we're feeling terrible, then is God not good? That's how it feels, but that's not the truth. Clear enough. Clear enough that God, yes, he, he, he reveals himself and he's present in our midst, especially in a chapel. Uh, the, the, the Ark of the Covenant is right here, the tabernacle. But it's not true that just because we come here, everything is going to work out the way we want it to. Or because we, we said a prayer for some good end, that it's going to happen because we touched the tassel of his cloak. Even in Jesus' public ministry, he didn't heal everybody. In this gospel, he did. But in, 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 in his other public ministry, he didn't. Remember, was it yesterday? Yeah. Oh, no, Sunday. Wait a minute now. Yesterday was Sunday. <laughs> so in the gospel, uh, they, they, Peter says to Jesus, everybody's looking for you, meaning everybody wants to touch the tassel of your cloak. Everybody wants to be healed. And what does Jesus say? We're going to go somewhere else. We're going to go to other villages because I, I'm, I came to, do, to, pr to proclaim the kingdom. I didn't come to heal everybody. He didn't say it that bluntly, but that's what he meant. I'm not going to do what you expect. I'm going to dwell in a dark cloud. It doesn't mean I'm not good. It doesn't mean that what you know is wrong. It means that there's a limit to what you know. See, we do know some things. We certainly know the truth. We know the commandments. We know the mercy of God. We know the, the sacraments. We know the scriptures. <laughs> that's not, that's not uh, negated by the dark cloud. It's just that there's a limit to how much we can understand and, and, uh, and, and, and use our knowledge. So there's a humility in this, and I think that's, that's the lesson I'd like to focus on here. It's the feast of a, of a virgin martyr. She's a victorious hero of the faith, but she suffered terribly. She passed through a very dark cloud until she came out the other side in glory. And so that's very often the experience of the journey of faith. It doesn't change the goodness of God. It doesn't change anything that we know is true. It just shows that God is up to more than we can perceive right now.